thank you for tuning into the Push Through Podcast. I'm your host, Keisha Reeves. I'm a licensed therapist here in Atlanta, Georgia. I specialize in maternal mental health. So we're going to kick back and talk all things mommy-to-be, motherhood, and just overall being a woman. So listen to some great conversation, hot topics, and whatever is on my mind at the time. All right, so thank you for joining me for my first episode of the Push Through Podcast, and I'm joined with my very first guest, my good friend, Crystal. Hi, Crystal. Hello, Keisha. (laughs) (laughs) And I was going over with Crystal what this episode was going to be about or what most of them were about, but... Kind of like I talked about in my intro episode that a lot of the interviews that I have are more so about um, storytelling and how we come into ourselves as women. And of course, I'm a therapist, so I'm a big believer in how things in our childhood kind of affects who we are as adults and our personalities and our choices. And I just like hearing the background stories of how women become who they are in their lives as now. And so a great thing that Crystal and I both have in common is that we're both originally from Georgia, which is rare. (laughs) And having Georgia as the background and being from the South, um, I think has a big influence just on us and our family dynamics and how we kind of outlook on the world in general. So how was your experience growing up in Georgia? So I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. So, I grew up definitely in the city. I'm definitely, a, I guess, quote-unquote, inner-city youth. Are you an ATLian then? Yes. Is that term still used? I think I'm an ATLian. Like, I don't, like, yeah, because I grew up during that era. Hmm. So, I can, like, actually relate to being excited about who and not knowing who Outcast was and then finding out who Outcast was like oh that's Outcast like all that whole goody mob dungeon family mm-hmm. that that's like Atlanta that's my Atlanta mm-hmm. I can't think of another generation before like my father he's from Atlanta but I can't remember who they would talk about you know what I'm saying it's like from Atlanta so yeah definitely ATL where's your mom your mom my mom's from, from Cochrane, Georgia so, and then my, a lot of my dad's family is in Cochran, Georgia. So they actually met in Cochran, Georgia and she fell in love and she moved to Atlanta. Did she ever talk about how they met? Yeah. I know there's a little, little story. They met, um, at a bar. They met like at a club in Cochran and my dad was with his cousin. This is best friend. <laughs> um, and my cousin, he lived in Macon and my dad was this dude from the city and, I mean, he tried to holler, and then they started dating, and then she eventually, she wanted to leave anyway. I think my mom always wanted to leave, like, her, when she was down in Cochrane, she definitely wasn't happy with her surroundings, so I'm glad that she was courageous enough to leave. I think it was a lot of backlash with that, for some reason. Um, what I don't was Cochrane like? Cochran was country, like, uh, when I was little, I can't remember, it was, like, completely different. Than like, what it is now? No, than Atlanta. It's oh. still completely different. <laughs> like, it's, it's like farmland. Okay. 
and I think as a child, it is more a sense of definitely a sense of family because we only had who was around us and our family lived close. Like every time I would go down there, we were together. And even when I stayed in the summers, I stayed with my aunt, but I would see my other cousins and my other aunts several times a week. Like I don't have a connection with my family like that living in Atlanta at all. Like my auntie ain't just gonna stop by on her way and to look at the paper and eat real quick most of the home. Like, <laughs> like that definitely didn't happen as a youth here um, in Atlanta, but definitely down there, it was, you could literally, there's just a way of life. Like you spend time with your family. Mm. Even if you didn't really like them like that, you still spent time with your family because they, they was literally right there. And so it's, it's like a, a village. Family. Definitely like a village. Most definitely. I'm sorry. My phone's going off. Okay. That's cool. So then she and your dad had ended up meeting and then they moved to Atlanta. Well, she moved up here. He was already here. She moved up here. Mm-hmm. And at some point you were conceived. Yeah, my mom actually said, which is funny, that she thought she couldn't have kids. Because she was 26 when she had me. I was like, what? So that's very telling of (laughs) that generation. Yeah, because she's like, yeah, I was was older. I was like, you was 26. She was older at 26. And she didn't think she could have any kids. Wow. Is it? It's like, I only imagine what she thinks. Because I'm 37 with no children. But that's interesting, like, being 26 and then being a mother. Because I can imagine being 26 and being a mom, like, where I was in life. Hell no. <laughs> no. That was, like, 26. I think I had just gotten my first real relationship, like, for real. That's, like, the first, like, living together. We was together for a long time situation. Yeah, that was more of a settled down relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. So then right. now we're here. And you said, when were you in Hateville? So I moved to Hateville. So my mom and my dad didn't stay together. So my mom, I was definitely raised by a single parent. And my mom remarried. Well, she didn't She didn't marry my dad. She married my brother's dad. And then we moved to Hateville then. So I was in the fifth grade. So I was 10, I think. 9 or 10. So most of my upbringing is Hateville because I didn't leave Hateville until... High school? Uh... Maybe like sophomore year of college. Oh, I went I away to that. college, but they still lived in Hayville. So when I came home, I would come so home. So Tri Cities was in the district? Yeah, East Point, College Park, Hayville. That's the cluster. Oh, that's the Tri Cities. That. Oh, cool. The three cities there together. So yeah, that's my, I call that Mr. Rogers' neighborhood because that was like my first, because I'm, I'm, here's this city kid, mm-hmm. like city kid as in definitely, probably, I guess, stereotypically. Um, single parent type um, situation when you look at it demographically or you read about it. Single parent, we moved around a lot. I went to, I think, three different elementary schools. Um, and once we moved to Hateville, we were settled. Like, we finally, that was like, got it. I'm, this is where I'm living. My kid's going to grow up here. And I grew up in Hayville, like 10, I mean, 10 years old to, you know, adulthood. Mm-hmm. I worked in Hayville. I worked at Direct. I spent a lot. The Direct Center was like 
the heart of the town because that's where everybody came together. They came together with your parents, you know, just regular working people, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's where we was at. That's where all the kids were. That's where all the adults were. Basketball games is packed, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's not like a school. It's a rec center. Mm -hmm. So, like, back then, which is like that now, like rec ball, like, so you have all the different neighborhoods that come together. So, it's Hayville, Tri-Cities. I mean, Hayville, East Point, and College Park, we would all play each other. So, you know, like, all those communities are around each other. So, you, it's, it's literally, you grow up all together, mm. for real, for real. So, how would you describe your childhood? Good, bad, or could it be Good. Bad? I good. think it was good, yeah. What were the highlights? Um, the highlights, I think, was moving to Hayville. That was one of the best things that, I think that was probably one of the best decisions that my mom could have made by moving over there. Because, um... I definitely, I had a mentor in Hateville. I had a sense of, okay, this is like what a neighborhood is like. It's not just like, you know, you live here, but you don't talk to anybody like that. This is where you come, like, after you get out of school. It wasn't like you, like, in Hateville, we was at the park, we was at the library, the recreation center, we was literally everywhere. So, as a child, now you develop friends, you know what I'm saying, and y'all just out. You can't do that now. Mm -hmm. Of course, like, now kids, parents literally take them every single step of the way, but back then, we was on foot, like, you would literally be gone, like, you got a full-time job the whole day, and it's not like Cochran, where I could be gone the whole day, because I might stay on a strip, like, a community, not, (laughs) nothing like this, like, you know, like, not a subdivision, but, you know, like, it'll be like a strip of houses, then you'll drive, and it'll be like a whole farm development Boom, then somebody, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Is it like that in Millersville? Millersville was kind of, we was in the city when we went down there. Yeah. But yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Like, it'd be like a long, like your neighbor. Yeah, like, like a street. You got to get in your car to go to your neighbor's house type of. Yeah. So, that was different. But you could be still, you know, you could be gone all day because you're all the way down the road at your friend's house. Mm-hmm. But it's totally different. So, I think that was a highlight um, of my childhood. Like, moving there and being settled. I had my first job there. You know what I'm saying? So you had freedom, community. Freedom, community, yeah. Um, really a And then it was stable because yeah, you, you stopped stability. Yeah. yeah. So that was good. So how Super was it important. being raised by a single mom? Um, I think I'm the oldest, right? So I was uh, the only child for eight years. That's a long time. That's a long time. <laughs> I didn't want no siblings. I was content with it just being me and my mom. <laughs> Um, and your dad was very active. Yeah. Well, mm, no. Mm. I mean, he was as much as he could be, I think, um, because it was so much struggle. Like, my dad my dad was an alcoholic. And so, you know, with alcoholics come a lot of other stuff. He wasn't just the... He, was, he wasn't the type of alcoholic, because I know, like, it'll be the alcoholics that are severely depressed in the form of being like a recluse Mm -hmm. he wasn't like that he was um like socially so like socially needy like maybe he would drink alone but he needs everybody to come and see him or be available or he's he was very emotional and so when he was drunk or intoxicated or whatever i guess be like pc or whatever um he would be like uh, on the phone, like harassing. So I do remember parts of my childhood where I didn't see my dad for a long time because the barriers. So 
So I do remember that. Um, but as far as just like overall, that was my mom and my dad are two totally separate parents. My dad was like my cheerleader. And I say was because um, my dad passed away when I was a freshman in college. So I was 20 and he was 50 and he passed away. It started with lung cancer. So that's as much as I know. So that like he passed away from lung cancer would be what I said. But it's so much stuff when you watch somebody go from um, a diagnosis to death. It's a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm -hmm. But um. So, he was more so, um, as, I say as, as available as he can. I think with me having a mental health education background mm -hmm. as well, mm -hmm. um, I look at alcoholism and I know that there's other stuff that comes with that. Mm -hmm. And then another thing that helped me, I think, with coping through that piece of having a parent that's an alcoholic and having a parent who passed away at an early age is the understanding that people like people. Mm -hmm. So, um... Did you get that then? Mm -hmm. Like, in your youth? Mm -hmm. You had, like, the patience yeah, and like, compassion for that? Yeah, probably around... i say maybe, like, when I was probably, like, maybe 17-ish. I think, um... Maybe adults. Probably I looked at them maybe in a different light as far as experiences like you know like um you have an assumption of who an adult is as a child mm -hmm. um i think that i understood if it was okay for something to be wrong if you was an adult and i think a lot of kids don't think in that's that good that you got that at that yeah. age well like, yeah that you had that gift to be like that but see and then the the beauty of me and my father's relationship was even if he couldn't be there he was there in a sense of communication mm -hmm. he was like super encouraging all the time like mm -hmm. and then it was he was and like, you were his only child and i was his only child so he made sure that he was able to pour that Love and kind of like he was definitely a part of my self esteem being high mm. and my confidence being high and feeling like okay, like he would be like, Don't take a wooden nickel. So it's like, I ain't gonna say no shit from nobody. And <laughs> some people are like, What the hell is a wooden nickel? Like, <laughs> clearly it's fake, so don't take one. Duh. Um, he would always be like, Be a leader, don't follow others. Mm. So that was a big thing, hence my Twitter lead. It lead and be followed mm -hmm. um so yeah like i mean it's just like he was very charismatic like he was he was definitely a boy a black boy from atlanta georgia that was born what was he born in 56 or i don't know but he was born he grew up during the civil rights mm. era so logo like the things that he was said his lingo because i do remember <laughs> Be like, what the hell? <laughs> when I was little, he would be like, Oh, make sure you have a head on when you go outside so I wouldn't get too dark. Really? He had this thing about paper said brown. Like, you see, I'm brown. Uh -huh. This is like, I'm this color all the time, though. Mm -hmm. So he was like, Maybe like your complexion or a little bit lighter, maybe sometimes, or maybe slightly darker. Like, y'all have the same complexion. That. The pictures that I've seen of him. Yeah, he looked, like he looked darker. Well, it was an old picture. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So he had this thing about the being, excuse me, paper sack brown or lighter, and I wouldn't be mad at that because of how they 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 grew how they that's you how understood. they grew up. Yeah, and he was more so like um, I feel like he was like when he was a teenager he was probably like hip, 
or something like he'll probably watch Dolomite or something. Uh. He'll be like, "Oh, you jive turkey." Like I just kind of feel like that may have been his vibe. He was just like really sharp. So like with him and my mom, I can see why my mom like liked him and fell in love with him. And my mom was like this like quiet Southern girl from Cochrane, and then this city boy with his big personality. So he probably just like swept off her feet, and then she was like, "Okay." I'm tired of you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's over. That's probably her thing. Like, you know, you can only take so much shit. You know, I don't know if it's censored. But um, in her childhood, it was so much that I think in her love life, she was only so patient mm. until motherhood. And mo- I think motherhood changed the game for her. Which I think motherhood changed the game for a lot of women. Mm-hmm. I think it should change the game. I think it does. Most of the women I know personally, but in my field, I see <laughs> yeah. that motherhood oh, changes. Oh, tell people what you do. The field. Okay, so I work in the field of human services alongside like foster care, in a sense. Mm-hmm. So um, currently, I do audits for group homes. So I see, I've seen and heard and witnessed. A lot as far as social services go um, from adults with disabilities mm-hmm. and um, children and families in Metro Atlanta area, like kids that literally, literally grew up just like me. And to see that, like, this is why I think I have like a, the most amazing mom because I can see that, like, that is hard to be a single mom. Yeah. You can go right or left. That's the conversation we had to let. Like, yeah. you ain't got to be a mama. Yeah. You could be like, okay, this is too much. Yeah. I'm done. Mm-hmm. These kids can sit in this house and I'm going to leave. And whoever finds them, finds them. I could care less. Yep. So, especially if you're not getting any help or you just like, your mental is just totally down the drain. So, just her, she was more so strict on me as far as like, molding my dad was more like just be who you are because you're amazing <laughs> whatever it is yes like what i can snap my finger amazing crystal i think that's good though i yeah. feel like for his time as a black father to have that ability to instill that in any child mm-hmm. boy or girl my dad wasn't like that yeah. like maybe he thought that way but he didn't actually like sit me down and like encourage me yeah for yeah. yours to like intentionally make sure he instilled that and obviously it left an impression because that's all i ever hear you say about him yeah yeah especially amongst like all the and even like any of my um relatives like my cousins that were were able because it is it's definitely two sides um but he was he was an encourager like he was I think what you see about me, the the bright side of my personality, is very, very connected to him. Mm-hmm. So that's probably what you would get if you if he was around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, like I think like somebody you could talk to. Like my cousin says that she used to talk to him about a lot of stuff, and I didn't get a chance because I was so young. I'm like, damn, like now, <laughs> you know. So it would be like it would be beneficial, but this I mean losing a parent is um. Something that nobody would understand unless they actually lost a parent, and it's it's a day to day thing. Mm-hmm. I think I think because you were what sophomore? Yeah, well, I was a yeah, I was a sophomore going into the second part. So I was that that whole experience. You know, like it's one thing to lose a parent, right? But it's a whole other thing to be an only child. Yeah. 
So that was, and I was 18. Because remember we were talking on the phone or texting and you were saying about your best friend, she was debating if she should have a second. And I Mm -hmm. said a big motivator was for me is in the event something happened to me and my husband, I don't want Ezra to burden, be burdened with responsibility on his own. And I said, thank God for my mom. Mm -hmm. Because even though her and my dad didn't work out, that's just not the type of person she is. Like, she, like, she was still, like, connected, made sure I was connected to my family as much as possible. Some people probably would have a different opinion. But I think I was very much so present as a child as much as possible. Like, even if her and my dad, like, they couldn't be in the same room, I would be at my aunt's, and then he could come over there type situation like that. But... Yeah, like, you know, just talking to you and thinking about everything that, everything that I can remember about my childhood is just like, wow. <laughs> like, different <laughs> stuff, like, because only because working in social services and you think about things that happened and you think about how other people handled them, mm-hmm. you, like, you just know things could have went real little, yeah, yeah. real quick, yeah. and you just be like, oh, I just, like, give thanks, like, I'm just so... Humble. <laughs> because if she came from a small town, she had these hopes and dreams of what this relationship could yes. be. Yes, and she wanted to be a teacher. That was the other thing. Like, she wanted to go to college. And my granddaddy was a sharecropper. They only had the money to send one child to college. And so... Who went to college? Um, My aunt that's a year older than her. And so, it was, it was just a... It was... My mom's childhood, it was just really a lot for her, like to be to feel like you're the black sheep of the family she definitely went through a lot and so leaving it didn't make it any better and made it worse so like i was saying earlier so as far as her role in my development i think she was the one who probably molded me into like okay no you need to do this like this and you need to do that like that like that mom vibe like you know like stand up straight uh what is wrong with your hair? I know you ain't finna go out of the house looking like that. Um, Cross your legs when you sit down. You know, like, <laughs> what? This better be a good grade when I open up this report card. Like, you know, like, stuff like that. But, um, very, like, precautious. So, since I have this, like, free and very structured individual, the free side came out, like, way more because I'm, like, testing the structure. So, it's like, Okay, what can I do? Let's just see if I can do it anyway. So I did a lot of that in my child. <laughs> well, the free side, I'm sure, seemed like more fun. Yes, of course. But I don't think I, I well, I did crazy stuff. But I think I didn't do, in my mind, it wasn't so crazy because it was, I was structured. I don't know. Like, Were you structured? I think so. <laughs> like, I don't know if everybody would agree, right? Did you rebel? Yes. What age did that start? Probably like ninth grade. Okay. When so I started skipping school. school. Mm. Yeah. Did you ever get caught? No. Other people got caught and then told on me. <laughs> and but but your parents are both there, so what did they do? My dad didn't really... Maybe this is when my dad got sick. Because mm-hmm. I don't remember him going off on me. And I don't know if she didn't tell him... But that part is a blur. Maybe he could have been going, you know, like, ham on the phone. I don't remember it, though. I don't remember my dad as a disciplinary. And by that time, when you were in high school, was she still married to your brothers? They weren't together. So they had split up. They had been split up. Like, maybe a year or two or something. They was together for a very short period. So, like, thinking about it in her 
possible perspective because she's not here. So your dad health could have been declining. Mm-hmm. Plus he wasn't like in the household. She was a single mom. She got two kids. This last relationship didn't work out. Yeah. Your oldest, you're starting to rebel and she's just trying to like manage. Oh yeah, no, like Ooh, I be like, girl, you should have sent me to somebody. And she's somebody. not in Cocker because her village is Exactly, there. like, you should have sent me to somebody. I think, <laughs> I, I do remember, but I think, see, my grandma had passed at that po- by her that mother? time. Yeah. Mm. My grandma um, passed away very young, so she had passed away by then. So, I think if my grandma would have been around, she probably would have sent me down there. Yeah, she probably would have because that was tough. Like, I can't imagine. And you possibly could have been a completely different person. Yeah, I could have been sent to <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know if that's a good thing for starting kids to send them somewhere. Like, I probably could have got into a whole nother vibe. I probably could have been like a, a head top ring later then. Like, yeah, no. And you know, like, that does happen because in my husband's culture, he's West African. When there's like a kid in the family that's bad, they send them back to Africa. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> but the, it was always like, even from elementary, it was like, she's so smart, but she doesn't have any. Was it self control? No, it wasn't self. Is it? Is that the word? Was it self control? Self discipline. It's not self discipline. I want to say it is self control. I think I feel like back then it was self control. Mm. So you always heard that. Yes, as a child, yeah, definitely. Um, like, oh, she's really smart, but she talks too much. Like, I didn't have any self control. Like, I couldn't control myself. It was just like I gotta, I gotta talk. Like, <laughs> girl, what are you, girl, you ain't finished with this. You ain't finished with this whole page. I've been finished. Like, she's so smart. Like, what's the problem? I know that. Um, I didn't test. I didn't test well, so I guess that's why why I wasn't in like honor classes because that was learning about education. They was that's when they really was putting kids in groups and category. Remember, you had to be like in a certain reading group. Yeah, that's where it starts. Um, they put you in a different math group, so that's when they start you know taking us out and putting us here and stuff like that. That was definitely before like inclusion. But yeah, so I was like probably too smart. Yeah. For the group of kids I was in, but I wasn't smart enough for the next group. Or you probably were smart enough. Yeah, you just, just stupid test. Yeah. yeah, I just didn't test well, maybe. But yes, like, oh my God, like, I was, oh my God, rebelled. Like, just kind of thinking, like, that free part was all the way here. Like, my crown chakra probably was like, <laughs> because I just remember her being a single parent. She definitely worked. And I took advantage of that. I and fully she did took become advantage. a teacher. She ended up working. She did factory work. So she ended up, you know, like Which working. Which can be like hard work. Get very hard. Very, very hard. On your feet. Yes. And then just, just hard. Um, Like my dad wasn't consistent as far as helping. My, my brother's dad wasn't consistent. Like as a single mother, sis held it down. Like any pop song, any song, any rap song you could think about. Would they be big up in their mama? <laughs> That's my mama in that song. Like, just, I don't remember starving ever. I never remember, oh, I wonder, are we going to eat? I, I never had to eat at school only. I never didn't have lights or water. Now that I can remember, I always had clean clothes. Like, we were taken care of. And, like, even if we ate the same thing, I didn't notice. Yeah. My mom could cook. Thank God. You know what I'm saying? So it wasn't even like, I don't care. Like, 
I remember my mom was like, we would have breakfast for dinner. Who cares? It's pancakes. Yeah. You can't. But that's kind of cool, like, though. We exactly. have breakfast for dinner. But, you know, in her mind, it's just like, I'm just going to cook this. We're just going to put it together because I can't afford to go get more food until I get paid. Mm-hmm. So, it's just like, dang. Like, definitely, I'm pretty sure she probably wanted to make sure that we had a house in the yard. We had to live in apartments. But, and I was at home. I definitely was a latchkey kid. With my brother. And you know what I always think about? It's interesting. I'm not, I don't advocate for when parents go through struggles for them to share it with their children. Like, I feel like that's too much. But I can't imagine what it's like to be going through something and you don't have somebody to share it with. And you're just, like, going through the motions. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but she, she definitely, she had more friends then and it's crazy because I can remember her being, like, my age now. And it's just like, dang, you was my age then. And I can remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, she had friends. She would go out and stuff like that. That's good. Um, yeah, like, she still had a social life. She worked, though. But, you know, my mama. Like, you still know she to this day my mama worked. She like, worked that's what people just know about my mom, that she likes to work. And she has said that I like to work. So, I'm like, you know, in the spirit of letting people be people you know you sis you go ahead and work it does bother me now as an adult that she's older and she works that hard but that's something for me to work hard for her so she doesn't have to feel the need but i still feel like honestly she would yeah so her her click or whatever she had some people to talk about and i can only imagine what she used to call me on it Oh. <laughs> Ooh, I can only imagine how many bees I done been, how many times she done said I just need to send her somewhere. But it, I just don't feel like either defects didn't exist. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I mean, Keisha, I ran away. Like I was for off what the train. reason? Cause I, cause she was trying to control my life, girl. I like self How dare she? How dare she? Right. You already know I like self control, but then you gonna try to control my life? Kind of shit is this? I mean, just trying to tell me what to do. Couldn't be on the phone. Couldn't go. I was always on punishment. Like always, always on punishment. And it was to the point where I was like, I'm not gonna be on punishment anymore. You know what? I'm gonna leave. I'm tired of this. Like you're not gonna ruin my life, okay? I'm out of here. Peace. Like, going to my friend's house. It was, I just feel like it was complete. Maybe that generation of parents dealing with us, mm-hmm. they probably was like, oh, what is wrong? I would have never said I this to my mama. I would have never said that to my mama. And I'm like, and I, I was like, well, uh, maybe you should have. Get out of the chest, right? Let it go. Tell her now, you know? Damn millennials. <laughs> self-esteem from dad does that mean that your mom didn't instill self-esteem in you growing up Mm. like did she plug in those gems and nuggets or was she just more so focused on the structure maybe when i was younger because i don't remember because i can't i can't say that she thinks i'm ugly um but i can't i can't say that she just be like giving me my props and I, and I associate that with her upbringing and just being around my family in general. And I think that, honestly, I think it's a black thing. Like, we, not we. I'll say we, but I'm not like that. I think 
black people, black men and women are just now getting to the point where we're comfortable with giving people compliments. Mm. I think we were so accustomed to being, if you saw somebody, it, I don't it was is it even competitive? I think it's just envious. Mm. Like, we, for, I mean, we were sold as slaves, so we literally were taught that, okay, well, that slave is better than you, so he's gonna go for higher and get sitting over here. Like, that, I just feel like we literally are maybe coming out the slave mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you just don't really, whew. You just don't know watching <laughs> looking in shade room and all the other toxic stuff on the internet but i just feel like she definitely is a product of a time where it wasn't no black girl magic i don't know yeah you watch some, girl i love your hair you know where did you get this name freely right we just come into the time where you don't actually tell somebody about your nail tech right. like black women didn't even want to tell you we and got then to, be to like, receive the compliment receive the compliment you know like yes i you know like coming together you know and atlanta just might be different i do I, i've heard that atlanta is different on the vibe of like the black support energy is mm-hmm. literally everywhere. Like, you step out and you know, you know. So, I think for her, it wasn't, once I got to a certain age, maybe when I hit puberty or something, it wasn't like a, oh, that shirt looks nice. It was like, if I really felt like I was stepping out, she might be like, where, where are you going with this tight shirt on? <laughs> or, because I developed really, really fast. I was like, in a bra in third grade. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't in... That I was me, too. I don't remember a, a little training. I don't yeah, remember a training too. bra. My train, I, don't, I had a training bra, but it was too small. Yeah, I don't remember that experience. I just remember... It was, it was like, do you feel like like womanhood just was thrown at mm-hmm. you or something? Yeah, like, I don't... Because we talked about how I don't feel like I was prepared for... Like, not in sex ed and not in at home. Yeah, like, I just like, okay, you got boobs. Okay, you got a period. <laughs> yeah. Like, whoa, whoa, all right. this stuff is happening. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I remember from an early age being very self-conscious about my body because it was, okay, well, you know, you have to conform and stuff, so now you have to wear a bra. Um, my mom would put me in a girdle because my butt sit up so high. Mm. Um... I'm already tall mm-hmm. and big, so I remember, <laughs> I think I told you about this, I was probably like nine or something at the West End Mall, it was Easter weekend, mama had washed the hair, we got plaits, like that air dry, mm-hmm. plaits, at the store, in the middle of the mall, waiting on her to come out, that store where you could, it used to have all the Easter stuff, like all the church kid clothes mm-hmm. was in that store at West End Mall. This guy was trying to holler at me. How old were you? I was probably like nine. I swear. <laughs> and my mom came out and was like about to fight this man. Like, what are you doing? Don't you see that she's a child? And I had no clue about what's going on. But I remember that. I remember her saying, what are you doing? Don't you see she's a child? Now, I could, at nine years old, I could have stood there the whole other way. Like, oh, men are noticing me. Yeah. But that's not the type of upbringing I had either. That wasn't anything... I was a child. I was definitely a child. Like I wasn't exposed to things that I guess maybe would influence a child in that way. Mm. Nothing clicked. <laughs> I had boobs and a period. Nothing clicked about what this man was. I just mm. thought he was like a drunk or something because I'm over <laughs> on the west side. Like, yeah. yeah. So that's why, like, my earliest memory of like, okay, so this is what happens. Like when your body starts to change, you're gonna get attention. So that was then, like, okay, well, you have to 
look like kind of like um, I'm doing motions as if they can see me. <laughs> but that's kind of when you have to get into your shell, right? Like once you start to blossom out, it's like, okay, well, you need to go back in. Yeah. Like, no, you doing, you out here, you way too much. Right. So that's a, that's, I think that's, that's, you don't see that today. Like, for me, I was in, like, women's leadership groups, stuff like that. I had a mentor. So you definitely had, I had, like, a, this, I had a balance. Mm. I think I had a good little balance to kind of mold me into the person I am right now as a woman. Like, I had a balance. So I had that, definitely insecurities from my mom, in a sense. But as far as like the things that she would try to like mold with the me, yeah, okay. like as far as how I look, how I talk, right? Like, cause I'm loud, you know what I'm saying? She's loud, but my energy is like very inviting right. and I'm funny and people want to talk and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, but my mom isn't like that, so it's kind of like, okay, you need to, you know, be a little bit more ladylike and graceful. She would try to tone it down versus definitely like nourishing it, it. yes. Would you have rather that she nourished? No. No, okay. No, no, no. Nah. I love myself. Did you feel like you needed to have it toned down? I probably toned down, I probably toned, toned down then in front of her, maybe. I don't know what happened to when I just was, maybe I, maybe it clicks or something. I was just like, I don't care. <laughs> but that, I think that happened to me a little bit probably early than a lot of people too. That is like, good. Yeah, don't get maybe that to in college, yeah, I was about to say, because like maybe in college I was just like, okay, whatever. But maybe that's my lack of stuff from child teacher. But that's still good. <laughs> right. Right. So thank you. Uh, who do I remember? I don't even remember my teacher's name, but I feel like the most I heard, like the most where they was like, <gasps> was like second and third grade. I'm talking about I was a kid in the back of the classroom. That's when my dad stayed. <laughs> you, I'm probably writing my name over and over and over and over and over at least two and three. Can you imagine, Ezra? Like, damn it, Ezra. You would be so fed up. Can you imagine this? Oh, my God. And then, oh, my God. I can't even. Oh, I got to get my mama a car. Every time I think about it, I be like, I'm so sorry. Every you didn't take it as a bad thing that she tried to tone it down because obviously this is just naturally just who organically who you are but like I still have like I'm just not like bug wild like I pull up in your house I start twerking everything is like why Crystal look like that why she just so I'm not so but do you remember do you remember when I told you the first time that I met you over the mutual person that we Mm -hmm. know's house and you were coming in on the phone and you were like cussing Talking to some homeboy about some guy who was, like, trying you the night before. <laughs> and it was, like, the full-fledged conversation was just, like, laid out. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. That's her. Right. Yeah. Like, then, then we link up. I do your hair. And we talking about, like, L magazines and team. That's how long this been. Like, did you look at that, that Cosmopolitan magazine, girl? Yes, I was. Like... Yes, girl. Did you see that? But no, the the small fact about Crystal is that people want to be her friend, and she does not want friends. But she has, like she said, this radiant personality that is so welcoming that people are attracted to her. But she'll be like, put up a stop sign, and it doesn't work. (laughs) It doesn't work. It does not work. It's working more and more as I get older and older, but it hasn't really been that beneficial. They come and they go. <laughs> you 
know how people are. But that's a great trait to have. Yeah, yeah. I like, I do like, I do, I am very grateful for myself. I'm grateful for Were my Were you popular in high school? I wasn't. I don't think I was, I don't think if, I think if you ask somebody if they know me, because like, yeah, you've been around me everywhere I go, like somebody knows me, but I don't think I was popular in high school. I was so dysfunctional. Mm. I was so dysfunctional, but I wasn't like a clicker. I knew everybody in different cliques. Mm. Um, but my click, I mean, there was like a click of flunkies, like, mm. I, I, like, I think only two of us graduated. From high school. Mm-hmm, I think. I don't know, if they did, they didn't, why, they went with me that day. <laughs> we didn't take that no day. pictures. They went with me that day. Mm-hmm, they were that. So then, then you ended up going to college. Yeah. Something that your mom didn't do. Did your dad go? No. So you were the first. Thank God for my school counselor. Because nobody knew to prep me. Like, my mom didn't know. She wasn't like, okay, you got to sit, like, how it is now. Right. Thank God for school counselors. Because my mom didn't know that, okay, well, she's getting 11th grade. We need to pull out these college applications or 10th grade. Let's start PSAT. Like, mm mm-mm. My counselor, my school counselor made sure I had everything I needed. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. School counselors, I don't think they do that. I think they're supposed really to, but I don't Sometimes think they do. Sometimes I feel like they're just putting out fires right now. Yeah. Because they, they have, like, that dual role have, yeah, of, like, guidance have time to, help. to do. Yeah. 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 So that was the saving grace. So you saving went, so did grace. you feel, like, the pride in your parents? Um. Yeah, definitely. Most definitely. Like, yeah. And then what's so interesting, too, my dad was really sick. Mm. And I didn't know. And ninth grade, I mean, um, freshman year, I don't, when did I find out he was sick? It wasn't real to me. Maybe I knew. It just wasn't real. Because my dad had been sick before. When I was um, 10 years old, he had meningitis. Oh. And then something else happened in eighth grade. I, I had so many, red, like, oh, it's, you know, your dad might not make it. But... So You're so used was, to him having these comebacks. Comebacks, yeah. That you didn't take it, like, yeah, well, he'll be like, fine. Yeah, no. And cancer, then, I mean, it was a thing, right? But now, it's definitely a death sentence. If you hear cancer, you freak out. Right. And you try to be positive. Back then, you didn't even really know. I was 20. Yeah. That was almost 20 years ago. So, freshman year, you actually process the fact that he is really, like, ill. Um, maybe I knew he was sick, Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't like uh, I'm depressed about it. I still went on every day. Like, did you enjoy? Did you feel like you were able to enjoy college life? Because you went away to school. <laughs> Way too much. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I probably, I definitely, I almost flunked out that freshman, um, that first year. There was another thing too. Like, um, kind of, my mom didn't know anything about college, so it wasn't anybody that was like, okay, well, she may need this this summer. This summer, she needs to maybe take a class because mm. we didn't have that. Yeah. Well, I didn't have that. I wasn't one of the kids. Like you, like I said, I didn't. I wasn't in honor classes. Yeah. And then definitely in high school, my behavior was like, shh. and then I worked. Like I started working, so I was one of the kids. And my mom was like, okay, cool, she can work. Like she'll see your parents. So it's like, hell yeah, she can work. It wasn't like, no, 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 no. I don't care. Like I'm gonna provide. Whatever programs y'all got, she need to be in these programs because yeah. she's going to go to college. Right. It wasn't like that. I did hair, too. So, everybody was like, oh, well, she's just going to do hair. No, I'm not. I, like, even then, I knew I went, I had no intention. 
on these hands <laughs> being used for nobody's head. It was literally just a hustle. And that was the other thing I was that we was we having that conversation. I was having a conversation with my friend because I just did a radio interview. Mm. Um, last week I think uh, my friend has a show, The Bridge, and we was having a random conversation like I do about this whole. What are you going to be when you grow up? Mm. I feel like, uh, I told her, I feel like that is, for some kids, one of the worst things you could ask them. It's a very pressuring con- like conversation to have. Like, and I who told would her, know? Right. And I told her, age. in forms of mental health, if for kid, children, if you're like, you're going to be a doctor, and the kid is like, I like to paint. Yeah. What are you talking about? Oh, but you're going to be a doctor? This the college you're going to? like, Or I want to work on cars. And it's like you shape that person into that. So Mm -hmm. I think the, because it's hard for like my age to identify fully in that millennial term because a lot of people my age definitely grew up in the terms of graduate from high school, go to the military. Mm. Because you can make some money. You go work at Delta. You mm. straight. You know what I'm saying? You working at the airport. Like, what's the point of going anywhere else? Because especially the location I lived in, mm. you can work for Coke. We live in Atlanta. Like, you either worked at Ford, Delta, or Coke. You sit. You at the post office. You and get you a job. There. Yeah, like, but this is Atlanta. Like, you think Atlanta now, but Atlanta wasn't like that. Then, 20, 20 years ago, Atlanta was not like that. So, I think for my mom, it was more so... You need to earn a living. But when I wanted to go to college, she's like, oh, cool. Like, But she still didn't have any gems to drop for me because she didn't know. She just knew that I was going to college. So with the grace of my counselor and just me being that free spirit, like that person that is a leader, I'm going to lead myself to college. I'm going to figure out what school I'm going to go to. Oh, me and my counselor going to sit down and do financial aid. My mom didn't do any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I need this, this, and this. This is what my counselor said. Okay, we're going to give it to your counselor. Financial aid, she did it. Then I started doing it myself. Like, I didn't I didn't have I didn't have anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, um, my friend at the time, her mom was a mentor for me. Um... So she made sure that we actually went to the colleges to go see them. Mm. So that was that was definitely a cool addition. Um, the some of the classes I was in because I was on a college prep track. The people look at the South Side like Tri Cities is a good school. Like mm. I didn't go like when I was in school. I feel like our teachers were leaders, and I think that Tri Cities High School has teachers that are known to be leaders like the teachers that we had most of them are administrators now Mm. and so they cared about us like like if they saw something in you you were identified as somebody that they wanted to help Mm. so i think a lot of my classmates can attest to a teacher that they had a relationship with where they could go and talk to them about anything or that person would be somebody they can go and talk to um, as far as like if they wanted to go work somewhere or they wanted to know something about a college or maybe like a life experience. We had those teachers that kind of kept it real. Like I remember Miss Odom was like everybody mama. Mr. Loho was like the cool uncle. And then my my counselor, Miss Ford, was just like the sweetest auntie ever. Like if you're just having a bad day, you go in the council's office and say, you should <laughs> It was just like this whole village. Yes. You didn't have, like, a family village. You just I had did. a community. I definitely collected a community as a child here in 
Metro Atlanta with my mom being a single parent from being her being from Cochran, Georgia. My dad didn't have those connects. He worked job to job, so I can't really give him a title. He was a. I can't really do that. Um. Yeah, so it was pretty interesting. I think when you. But did you ever it, like stand back and I guess <clears throat> like applaud yourself? For having created that village, like to have gotten yeah. here where you are now, yeah. with yeah. not necessarily having like the direction from your parents, yeah, yeah, not yeah. to their fault, but well, just and just some, and like the stuff that I was doing too, like mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, whew. you didn't get pregnant, yeah, like it's kind of like you made it out, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, so aside from me having those two people, my my dad and my mom, right? Um, I'm I'm both people, so that structure person my mom is like okay so you have to make yourself successful so what are you gonna do to make yourself successful quote unquote or whatever so I think that's what led me to really want to go to college like I want to be a teacher I wanted to be a teacher so this is what you gotta do to be a teacher Miss Ford told me you gotta go blah 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 I'm like okay cool let's do it like I wasn't nervous I was excited um my mom was excited she was very nervous I'm sure um and that's how I ended up at West Georgia anyway because um we had went to Valdosta. I was supposed to go to Valdosta with my best friend, Keisha. She went ahead and went. Valdosta was like three hours away. My mom was like, oh my God, that's so far. So I ended up at West Georgia, which was an hour away. <laughs> but, you know, I went and It worked out because well, did you transfer out because your dad yeah. passed? Yeah, okay. I came home. So nobody said, and that was the other thing too, I think it's interesting about the dynamics. Because now, if, I think if, now, if I was a freshman and my parent had passed away, there would be somebody, maybe the school counselor, maybe at the college, somebody would suggest grief counseling, right? Yeah. Nobody suggested it for me. I think even now, maybe a doctor would suggest it. Yeah. Because I was the only child, it was very, very prevalent in every single step of the way. Like, I had to sign papers. Mm-hmm. I was 18. So, no. Nobody said go to therapy. Well, there's a lot. So... Or sit out. Culturally. Yeah. Definitely. And my mom <laughs> just being a worker. Right. So it wasn't like, oh, well, she woke up this morning and ate breakfast and smiled. So, so she's, she's good. Yeah. So I wasn't fine at all. Like, I wasn't... My dad died December 12th. That was the beginning of winter break. I went back to school. Mm. So I think... My friends were my saving grace that year. Because, like, everybody was very close to me then. Like, even, like, my guy friends would be, like, people would be coming to visit me. Like, we'll be hanging out, even though I was so dysfunctional. Like, I was probably failing everything. I don't know how Georgia State let me in. They let me in because of that cumulative GPA. Because they would have looked at my last semester and like, oh. <laughs> like I had failed so many classes and it was rough but I was still working it was crazy Keisha like I shouldn't have did it but I, you didn't know I didn't, I didn't know I didn't know somebody should have stepped in somebody an adult should have stepped in though and I didn't show any signs of it I mean I guess to them but they, like I was living but some my of it, I life I feel like it's a part of your personality mm-hmm. but now I know to take time cause now I'm noticing how things actually do. I'm very, very more so aware <clears throat> of myself because now I see when something happens to me, 
if I don't take time to um, heal from it, um, other things start to fall off. So I can see it where I will, because I'm the type of person, if I'm stressed, I don't just like work through it. I don't do, like my mom can be stressed and work, just work, 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 work. I shut down. So something may be getting attention, like maybe one or two things, but everything else is going like, however, I just don't care. Mm. And that's one thing that I noticed. So I, I've noticed that if I get in a really down period, something that like maybe my business that I need to pay attention to is like no new stuff for like 90 days. Like, dang, what was going on? And then when I think about it, I'd be like, I don't like that. that I need sense. to work on it. Yeah. I've noticed that a lot. So then to fast forward until now that you're in adulthood and you are in your career, you are an entrepreneur, and you're still in Atlanta, mm-hmm. fortunately, even though you don't <laughs> want to be anymore. <laughs> I'm fine with being here now. Yeah. You're still here. Um, how do you feel like you said that you want to have kids? I want a daughter. You want a daughter. Why specifically a daughter? I love little girl. I love all kids, right? I don't know why I want a daughter. I don't know why I'm obsessed with wanting a daughter. It's like, I want a daughter. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> I just want a little girl. Don't want a boy? No. I want a girl. So and I will be devastated. If you had a boy. I could totally see you as a boy mom. <sighs> I can see myself as a boy mom, too. <laughs> but if he, I'd, be, I'd probably be like... I mean, if you had a daughter, she'd be like... Like, fucked up because her I, hair would always look great. Right. I literally, <laughs> literally want a mini me. Literally. So, yes. like, knowing like how you came about, what your parents instilled, what you learned, how you've grown into a woman, what type of parent do you think you would be? I think I would be very hands on. Um, I think that I would be the best friend parent at the appropriate times, but I would be, I definitely would be structured. Um, I probably would, um, blend both parenting styles because that's what I know. Um, my dad was like somebody that you could openly have a discussion with. Um, I think that if it was some stuff where I couldn't, you know, be able to handle it, I think I know enough to where I can get resources to get some assistance. I don't think I have a problem with actually getting assistance. Mm, That's good. Um. Would you be a single parent, or would you prefer to be in a I would prefer to be in a relationship, a married relationship, I think. Ooh. Did you see how I drug out that married? <laughs> Why did they come out like this? Okay, I mean, together, committed relationship. Whatever, Just committed. Whatever we want to call it, whatever ceremonial practice we want to do with it, committed. Um, some type of legal documentation, <laughs> I prefer. Yes, uh, that's what I desire. To have along with my little girl. <laughs> so being that your mom was 26 and she felt older as a mother, do you ever feel any type of way? I feel older now. I was having this conversation a few weeks ago and I was like, damn, I never would have thought. Like, I remember there was a point where you were a little phobic of pregnancy. Yes. I still <laughs> am slightly. I was talking about this. I was like, I would have never. I literally have not thought about getting pregnant. You just think about the parenthood part? Yeah. You gonna have a surrogate? No. <laughs> I, don't like that. And I don't I don't think I would do that. I don't know. That's kinda weird to me. If I had to, I would do it, but I don't know. It's kinda like with candy and tie where they kept saying, Oh, that's weird. Oh, it's like out of, out of nowhere. It was like yes. our baby is here. Right. <laughs> 
Hold on, pause. Surrogacy. Yes, go ahead. Yeah, so even with like candy inside, no, we was talking about. Yeah, and the baby just came out of nowhere. They said right. No, I wouldn't consider. Oh, what I was saying was, when I was maybe twenty five, right? Maybe I was twenty six. I worked with a teacher, and she was thirty eight. Was that the one that? she got pregnant and got married, it, like, in all by 40. All of he lived in a different state. Yes. Yeah. And so, I remember then, I just, when I was that age, I knew it. I knew everything. But no nothing, of course. <laughs> but, and I definitely, I think now, when I think about it, I was like, I used to judge people my age. When I was that age, I think. Really? I think I did. And so, she, I remember she was dating this guy, and it was going nowhere, and she broke up with him, and she was kind of sad. Um, she was very religious, and I really admired it about her. I admired that she held herself in a... F- I, I love people who are very, like, religious but not pushy. Like, they have mm-hmm. that discipline about themselves. Like, yes, you better love the Lord. That's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Um, and she had a really great personality, and she was so healthy. Like, that's when me and you used to work out all the time. Mm-hmm. And then on top of her, like, we was in this. Mm-hmm. And her friends hooked her up with this guy, and they went on, like, two dates. And after that, he proposed to her. And I think she moved with him, like, when the end of the school year, she was moving. They was moving to Washington and uh, or Connecticut or something up there, somewhere where it was real cold. And she got married, and she got pregnant. And it was like... Wow, but I was thinking to myself, uh-uh, uh-uh, girl, I know I was on the phone, I am not going to wait till I'm that old, by that time, I'm about to close it up, I ain't that to have, but now I'm like, I might be 40, but after that, no, and that is it, like, I just, I gotta drop, after 40, no, I gotta drop the line at 40, because, like, I just don't think it's fair to the child, I, being a child whose father died at the age of 20, I don't think that it's fair to not have your parents around to be grandparents. Mm. And I think going into, like, it's not fair to knowingly go into the situation like that. So if I'm going into it at, like, 50, I know I'm not going to live this long life to be a grandparent with my grand... You know what I'm saying? Like, your kids need you when they get become adults. Because you would be, if you had a baby at 40, you would be 58. Yeah. Graduate high school. Yeah. And I'm, like, looking at my mom, I'm cool with it. Like, my mom's 62. And so I'm like, dang, you're 62? Because, like, like, at her age group, a lot of people are passing away or getting really, really ill. I mean, it's definitely people like that in our age group, of course. But it's a lot of people dying. And I always ask her, like, how do you feel? And she doesn't really express her feelings. My mom is always all right. She's always. And I don't, I'm just like, okay, so it depends on how you say you are right for me to gauge how you actually feel. But she said that she just kind of gets okay with it. And she definitely has always had this mentality of it is what it is. And I've almost more so been like, no, it's not. This is what it's going to be. And now I'm like, more chill. <laughs> like, it is what mm-hmm. it is. But yeah, like definitely coming out of I guess that might be that you don't the child for eight years vibe like that being that spoiled brat like I'm not accepting this like I want what I want yeah so coming out of that so if you don't have kids you're okay with it mm-hmm. I'm okay when I have kids yeah I, I can see my 
So because I think especially y'all got but kids. But I feel like no, I feel like that's great because and and I don't want to speak on it cuz I have a child so I know I'm coming from a biased position. Mm-hmm. But to hear your take on it because I do feel like there are some people who specifically want to have children only if they're in a relationship, which mm-hmm. is hard because you can't control when yeah, you or if you'll meet the right person for you and then if they don't will feel like defeated like well, then what is the purpose of being here if this doesn't happen so for you to say like if it doesn't happen i'm okay with it mm-hmm. and then like i think even if we somebody said i'm glad like maybe they hadn't had any children by any of the guys they dated before because that would just be a fiasco presently I can honestly say, like, even though those situations didn't necessarily work out, I feel like the guys that I dated, like, seriously dated, I think that they would actually take care of the kids. And I think they would be present. I don't think, I don't think they would just leave me hanging. So, I'm okay with a co-parenting situation. I'm not, like, you know me, like, even with labels, I'm not really possessive in a sense like that. Like, if you're my man, you're my man. And if you don't want to be with me, you don't want to be with me. So, it's not like I'm going to be, like, that that baby mama that, oh, hell no, she ain't going to be around <laughs> my kid. Like, but hopefully it would, I think I'm mature enough to have those conversations. And I think the guys who would have been in that situation, maybe it would be a level of maturity to be like, okay, well, this is how the co-parenting stuff should work, mm-hmm. maybe. Hopefully, I think, hopefully I'm right. I mean... I know that's a big thing to speak of them in that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I just think I would be comfortable as a single person because the world is so big. Yeah. And I have so many friends. Like, I still have this village. Yeah. So, it's an abundance of children in this village now. Mm-hmm. So, hey, if I want some kids, time, I know where to go. It's and when you places. don't. Exactly. <laughs> I can go chill out. Like, hey, I, I, I even... Keisha, I even feel comfortable as a babysitter now. Like, I said, no, two, three. I'm not the person y'all want to call on. Don't call me to be the babysitter. So, um, I'm growing up. Like, yes, yes. So, being in the South, being a woman, have you ever felt the pressure or like something was wrong because you hadn't had a child? I haven't felt like something was wrong. The only thing I feel now, honestly, or is Or did people older. ever, like, put try to put that on? Oh, yeah, of course. Like, even now, because, like, now I'm in the age where my little cousins are getting old. Now they got kids. So they say stuff like, girl, when you going to have a baby? Oh, maybe uh, about 5 o'clock. <laughs> you know, like, how do you even answer the question? Like, girl, you know what? So I think, I think last year I was saying I was going to have a baby this year. So I just be telling them next year. That's what that's when it's gonna happen. That's it's gonna happen next answer. year, right? Like, yeah. They was like, oh, okay. No, I'm like, yeah. Seriously, like, don't ask me if you don't want to accept my answer. But I just, I'm joking. But yeah, definitely. Um, my mom went, and I think maybe she got over it. But I really think she was sad about not being a grandma. Mm. Like, real sad. But she still could be a grandma. Exactly. I think she was really sad that she wasn't currently a grandma. Like, she didn't... You know, you you can't kick it with the other grandmas. Like, her friends got grandkids. They like, girl, let me tell you what such and such did. And she's just like, oh, that's so funny. My mom loved kids. 
So, what type of grandparent do you think she would be? I think she would be like extremely hands on. Like she would definitely pull up every day if she Aww. could. Uh, definitely be like, okay, well, I'll go get him from a daycare if you want oh, me that's to. A I definitely think like, oh, what y'all doing? Send him over here for the weekend. Yes. Friday, I'll go pick them <laughs> up. Like, that is her all day long. Like, oh, they could just stay here. Mom had a child in the garden with her in a, in a carriage. Aww. Like, in a baby. Can't even do nothing. Then they'll grow up together outside garden and, and she loves yard So work. you would have great support. I would definitely have great support. Definitely have great support. For real, for real. So, yeah. Like, hopefully we, me and mom, you know, we can have us a little girl. I think we both collectively <laughs> want a little bit. My mom still got old, like, she still got me and my brother's first pair of shoes. Aww. Why do you, they look so weird. Like, why do you have this? What material is that? Was my feet? Okay. <laughs> so, but she let my feet already do. So, yeah, I think, yeah, she's a very loving person. As a child, when I was running away and skipping <laughs> class, I thought she was the meanest person ever alive. But I was... I would have put myself on punishment all the time. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. Aww. So, I guess in closing, what would you say is the greatest gift that your mother gave to you? Other than life, of course. I know, right? Um, let's see. The greatest gift that my mom gave to me is her strength. Like, strength and determination. Because she could have gave up so many times. And I think that that part of her helped me continue along. Because, of course, in life, it's things that happen that you don't like. And it's things that happen where you could just be like, you know what, this is dumb. I'm not dealing with it. It's over. I'm just going to give up because this is the only thing I deserve. That's definitely a huge thing for a lot of women, especially black women. I don't deserve this, and I don't deserve that, and I don't deserve... My mom is like, if you want something, this is what you need to do, and this is what's going to happen once you do it. And so I think her strength to get through things like that on her own, to be able to witness that, yeah. Hmm. That was a good gift. That's a good gift. Are you going to have her listen to this? I don't know. I might. <laughs> is she, she going to listen to it? I would love to listen to it. She don't be tuned in and stuff. She's like, mm-hmm. When I show her my um, article, she's like, oh, are they going to print that out? I'm like, no, just look at it. I think they send it to you, right? Yeah. Yeah, so when I get it, I'll stick, give it to her. That's funny. Okay. Well, thank you, Crystal. Thank you. This is amazing. The first one. Such a great first episode, right? I really, really enjoyed interviewing Crystal and also the piece where she discussed if she hasn't had kids by 40, she was going to be okay with that. And something that I said in response to it was I thought that that was great. And what I meant by that was I feel like I've I've been in the shoes of knowing I wanted to be a mother more than I want it to be a wife. And I said that in my intro to the podcast episode. So I understand the sentiments of really wanting a mom. And I'm speaking in the in the regards of not where there's like any type of physical um, impairments to be able to produce a child. I don't mean it like 
if anybody is struggling with any type of fertility issues, I just meant it in the fact of meeting someone to then have a baby. And if that doesn't happen, somewhat feeling defeated. And honestly, I understand the desire to want to be a mom because I've I've been there. I've been in a long-term relationship where I came to a pivotal point where it was like, okay, so what direction are we going? Because my clock is ticking. And unfortunately, evolution haven't caught up with our eggs. But I do feel like if, if someone arrives to that age or that decision or that place in their life where they say to themselves, hey, you know what? It hasn't happened thus far, and this is my deadline for myself, and I'm choosing to find some fulfillments in some other areas, whether that's having my friends, kids, my nieces, my nephews, whatever the case may be, to somewhat be fulfilled, although this was something that I really wanted and I wasn't able to get, and I'm somewhat disappointed about it. I don't feel like I was defeated in life because it didn't happen. So just to elaborate a little bit more about that. But being that this is the first episode, I would love to hear some feedback. Um, we talked about so much. So please email me at Keisha at KeishaReeves.com. Review, rate, share, subscribe if you haven't. And even if you're interested in being a guest on the show or you want to be able to um, just give some suggestions of some topics to talk about, I would love to hear from you. Until next time, I'll see you next Wednesday.